0: no I'm doing I'm living
1: yeah I'm awake
0: I'm I'm awake I did it I woke up this morning
1: yeah this is always the dynamic here I've been awake (laughs) for so many hours
0: yeah you're ready you're looking at photos of dinner and you're and you're oh
1: I just saw a picture of in and out and I want it and I can't have it
0: and I the last thing I even want to think about is french fries right now oh
1: yeah well eight in the morning in and out (laughs)
0: No big deal. It'll Sounds be fine. That's awful. <laughs> um, f- thanks for coming back, listeners. Uh, welcome to Feeling Feelings, a conversation about the highs and lows of being an artist. I'm Jessica Zolman. And I'm Jamie Varen. And today we are sitting down and talking with uh, Anita Sarkeesian. Hello. About burnout. Yeah. Hey. Hi, Anita. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Bright and early in the morning for you, too. So early. Yeah. It is. It's okay. We're doing this for you, Jamie. No pressure.
2: See, 8 a.m. isn't actually early. It's just early to, like, be doing a thing, right? Yeah. You know, like, uh, you you lay in bed looking at Instagram at 8 Mm a.m. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I watch stories of other people living lives that I no longer have any interest in living. Right. (laughs) Eight a.m. That's that's a good description of that. Yeah, Yeah. right. I just am like, ooh, karaoke, cool. I remember when I I could do that.
1: My eight a.m. is watching everybody's night before in the states, and texting people and hoping they're still awake because I'm like, human contact. Hello.
0: yeah i i love waking up to like 10 texts from jamie okay 10 is an an extreme exaggeration maybe two
1: yeah come on
0: i know sorry oh anyway um i'm gonna introduce anita now okay (laughs) yeah so for the listeners who do not know um anita is a media critic and co-host of the feminist frequency ooh let me words how to say them the feminist frequency radio podcast I'm not even going to redo that whole thing, because honestly, I'm owning it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Her first book, History Versus Women, The Defiant Lives That They Don't Want You to Know, comes out this fall. Is there anything else you want to add in there, Anita?
2: No, I mean, those are the highlights
0: of the year. Okay, yeah. I'm always doing 100 things,
2: which is why we're talking about burnout.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, Before we get into it, um, I think we're going to start with our highs and lows.
1: Heisen love. Heisen. Heisen love. That
0: yeah. was really I really liked that. Um, I think I go first this week. Go so, for it. So thanks, thank you. Um, my high is that I saw Janelle Monet last night.
2: What? Who'd you see Janelle Monet with? It was yes. with you,
0: Anita. It was with you. <laughs> Full disclosure. Anita and I are very good friends. It was with Anita. Um, it and was. Jamie
1: over here had FOMO, so yeah, don't worry I mean, about
0: honestly, it. I kept thinking about how badly I wished you were there because...
1: Son of a bitch.
0: I know. I'm sorry. But, like, I mean, also the you, Greek but... theater is, like, our place. Like, if you go to feelingfeelings.co and you scroll down, there's a photo of Jamie and I at the Greek theater. We like concerts there. Um, it was... Yeah. So I missed Pride this year because I was in Arizona helping take care of my mom, and it kind of broke my heart a little bit um and i kept saying to anita janelle's concert last night made up for all the prides that i've ever missed ever in my life it was the queerest it was so uh with the pussy pants oh my god it was so good it was incredible so that was my high like just left with a big old smile on my face um my low is that um the other night dagger because he's a dog and he's tiny and he's 10 years old had to Go to the bathroom at three in the morning and you know like a good dog mom i obliged in a tired stupor with no glasses and by the time i walked out the door i realized i also had no pants on (laughs) (laughs) was just wearing underwear i mean yeah i had like a a, like a like a sports bra and like a shirt on but just underwear and it's a full it was a full moon so it was like pretty bright on our street and yeah, then I across yeah right and <laughs> it's normally a dark street so I, I like partway through opening the door I was like this will be fine nobody will see anything our street is so dark we don't have street lights
2: also it's like the middle of the night
0: yeah so like what who's gonna be out here no I opened the door and my neighbor across the way is coming out of his apartment Like, looking right at me, like, okay, first of all, why are you out here at 3 in the morning? And second of all, why are you not wearing pants? And I was like, excuse me, sir, why are you wearing pants? (laughs) It's 3 in the morning. So um, I, like, ran inside and grabbed a sweater and tied it around my waist, which didn't cover anything. It just didn't. Right, so
2: the the front, like, sweater arms are just dangling in front, not doing anything? Nothing. I just looked like I was
0: wearing, like, Britney Spears' super high-slit skirt. (laughs) So... (laughs) I'm gonna say that that's my low, and it's not like anyone's fault. It, I mean, it's more like a funny anecdote. But like, oh my god, come on, are you serious?
1: I just... It's a little bit of Dagger's fault. It's definitely Dagger's fault. But he's a yeah. precious angel, so we forgive him.
0: Yeah, and he he just got a haircut, so he t- looks like a tiny little fawn. And, oh my god, uh, and he's perfect, and I can't be upset with him. So I just, it's not a bad low, I guess. I had a pretty good week, if that's my low.
1: Damn it. Now I really have FOMO. You went to the Greek theater and Dagger got the cutest haircut ever. Oh, no. And I want in and out. Okay. Maybe and, I, I'm and I miss you. Yeah.
0: Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Maybe I'm sick. There we go. Rub some, some stuff out to the surface. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> uh,
0: you want to go next, all James? Right.
1: Yeah, I got it. Um. Oh, James. That's funny. You don't ever call me that on this podcast, but you used to call me that. You do call me that all the time. Yeah. That's funny. Little, okay. little nickname
0: nugget for all y'all.
1: Yeah. For a very long time, my nickname was James to literally all my friends. I kind of miss it. I like well, that. And I, okay. and I
0: was Jay at that. I feel like mine stuck.
1: Yeah. Yours has. St- Although I never called you Jay.
0: You didn't. That was not for you.
1: I just called you Jess or I don't, I'm not going to say the other one I called you. Thanks. I you appreciate I that. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Okay. So... <laughs> that's for extended footage um all right so my highs and lows okay so my high is that um I've been watching a lot of really good tv lately or I wouldn't say it's tv it's more Netflix because all I get in France is Netflix um or like French Grey's Anatomy which in France Grey's Anatomy is always on it's the weirdest thing
0: way more dramatic I just pictured it in my head like Grey's Anatomy
1: in French it's intense it's French it's dubbed in French which is like really strange and no matter what time of the day for some reason Grey's Anatomy is always on I don't know I don't know this system anyway so I watched Hannah Gadsby's
0: Yes,
1: comedy special, which was can we even call it a comedy special? No, it's not a a special.
0: It's just a special because they are the most special special. human on earth. And like, honestly, I was not expecting. How much did you sob? So much. I cried so hard. I was not expecting it.
1: No, I really wasn't. It's so it's truly
0: brilliant. Yeah, it's it's perfection.
1: Yeah. So. And then I also got into One Day at a Time and binged both seasons. So that's already done. I love Rita Moreno. She's my icon and idol. And my low is that this week I have definitely been in my phase of I hate social media and I hate everything, um, probably because there's a lot going on in the world. So it's like <laughs> we say
0: that every week. And that's my f- new favorite thing. Yeah. We do. The and new theme of this podcast, there's a lot going on.
1: There's a lot going on. And we don't even need to be specific because we just no. know. You know. You know. So I am very, I hate everything and especially social media. And yet I'm still on social media, which feels really counterproductive. Um, so we one could say that I am burnt out on social media. Um, and so that's happening. That is a that's a low because you know, like my job is to be on social media too, so it doesn't feel great to feel that way. Um but it'll pass. It always does. I'm just in the thick of it. And Anita, it's time for your highs and lows.
2: Okay. Um well to avoid repeating the high of Janelle Monet, which um I'll just say I've seen her a few times actually and um this one and I I've always been sort of like lukewarm about her her live shows this one was just she blew it out of the water so if you can catch her on this tour sorry Jamie (laughs) if you can catch her on this tour please do listeners um but I will so I'm in LA which is my favorite city and um I, my high is just being here because I love being here, but I also went to a show two nights ago um, at the Hollywood Improv called Women Crush Wednesdays. It's a comedy show hosted by Marcella Arguella, and it's just a lineup of female comics every week. And I'm just, that, what else is more delightful than that? Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah, and like, I don't like you know, I will only go to comedy shows if I know people in them or I know like what the deal is, because I have a really hard time sitting in a room full of people laughing at oppressive jokes. Yeah, it's just not a thing that I enjoy. doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow, <and> weird. Th- <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Sh- <laughs> and so, um, it was really great. And actually I didn't even know about it, but my friend Jean Grey, who is one of the most brilliant people I've ever met, was uh performing and so I just met and was introduced to all of these amazing new comedians um that I had never known about before and I'm excited to, you know, follow their careers. So if you are ever in LA or are in LA, check out Women Crush Wednesdays at the Hollywood Improv. Sold. Wow, none
1: of this is helping my my budding homesickness <laughs> sorry JB. it's okay I <laughs> mean I live can... your truth but sure
2: I, but you know you you could just go hang out at the thing with the skulls in Paris every night
1: yeah, yeah. underground
0: I mean,
2: yeah so enjoy you enjoy living oh the catacombs,
0: <laughs> the catacombs. I just <laughs> thought of the name it's the catacombs, yes. the catacombs. <laughs> you're welcome very cool yeah. you'll never get too hot down there that's true I'm sure that's not making you feel any better at all but no. that's okay oh. okay Honestly, I think I also miss you so much, Jamie. It's like just having these conversations, picturing you inserted into. The effort. Okay, well, let's keep moving. Uh- uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So my uh, my low. What is my low? Oh, my lows that I'm burnt out. Uh, yeah. Uh, welcome. Um,
0: <laughs> best best segue.
2: So when I I travel a lot, um, and I was just on the road for about a a month, and it was like a big international trip. Um, when I get back from those trips, I not, I don't I'm not trying to brag that I go on these trips. I just sorry, I know I just realized when I said that out loud I sound super obnoxious. Um but when I get back from these trips I tend to get post trip blues and get a little bit depressed and um coupled with you know coming back be- like I'm working while I'm on the road, but I'm not necessarily doing the job that I do when I sit at my desk. And so there's just like piles of stuff to catch up on and it can be really overwhelming um, and exhausting. And it's really hard to motivate. And that's, you know, these are the moments where I realize that I'm just like doing a little bit too much all of the time. Um, And so my low was just having a really hard time motivating, having a hard time, like getting shit done and really just Trying to fight the urge to like fall into like depressive patterns.
0: Yeah, that was actually one of the things I wanted to bring up. I feel like burnout looks different for everyone, um, mm-hmm. and so I, I don't know if you want to elaborate a little more, Anita, on typically what burnout looks for you um, and how do you what are like the signs where you know you're getting to that that point.
2: Yeah. Um. So we had talked about this before, and it's it's an interesting thing because depression. And burnout aren't the same thing, uh, by by any means. But I, at some point when I became an adult, I realized that I was depressed, and that I was like, oh, I've been depressed my whole life. Like this is like this thing that I feel like is totally normal because I've yeah. been this way the whole time. No one ever gave me the language to understand that. So for me, I feel like that is so intertwined with burnout in a way that might not be true for other people. Although depression is a sign of burnout. Um, so I tend to, I think what happens for me sometimes is that I take on a lot of things and, uh, if there are moments when I'm like, I'm so, there's so much going on that I become paralyzed and I don't know what to do. I can't, I can't do a thing because there's too many things to do. And then I just sort of dissociate. And for me, depression manifests a lot in like binging television And just like sitting on the couch for hours watching something, Um, I'm not one of those people who like feels super creatively motivated when I'm depressed. Like I don't understand that whole thing. I I don't know what that means. Like when I don't feel well or I feel really like down, it I don't want to do anything. Um. So for me, it looks like that. Sometimes it can manifest in insomnia. Sometimes it manifests in sleeping too much. Um, you know, it it messes with my eating habits, um, you know, just, and again, these are also signs of depression. So for me, they're really, really super intermixed. Jamie,
0: how about you?
1: So I've been thinking about this and I think that in my twenties and like up until maybe a couple of years ago, I would just burn myself out into like, I couldn't even stop. Um, And then I just, like, I was physically forced to stop. And now I'm a lot different in that I can, like, head off the burnout. So I'm a lot more gentle with myself now where I'm like, do you need the the afternoon off? Like, go, go, go enjoy. Like, go get an ice cream. Go walk (laughs) around. Like, I am a lot more careful with myself because – and I'm a lot more careful about what I say yes to – So sometimes I get like, I have anxiety because I have like extra time and that's weird. That's a weird thing to experience. But um, I mean, for me, it's always manifested similar to you, Anita, where it just like gets to a point of depression. And then I'm like, well, now I actually can't do anything. Like I can't think, I can't function, I'm not motivated. So I have to stop. Because there's nothing left for me to give and then that puts me into like that cycle of well now I'm not productive and I'm not doing anything and then there's a lot of like meaning attached to that and a lot of shame attached to that whether I'm like a productive person that's how it was for a long time and then because of that it would like spiral even more so it really just like I never had the tools or the know-how to be like maybe take care of yourself before the burnout point. Like you don't have to run straight into the edge of a cliff and like stop yourself right before you're going to fall off. Like it's okay to be like, let's take some small steps (laughs) and, you know, maybe not drive yourself into like a catatonic state. Um, I mean, I don't know that I ever got that extreme, but that's kind of how it felt sometimes where I was just like, I remember my past self being able to do things and now I don't want to do anything. Um, So it felt very like, I almost feel like it was, I would be like frozen in place where I'm like, these are things I used to know that I was able to do. And like, I could get up and do my work or, you know, finish a writing project or something like that. But now I can't. So now I know I'm really, really, really burnt out. so now I'm just a lot more careful. And yeah. so what, what is it like for you, Jess? So interestingly,
0: depression and burnout are like two completely separate things for me, hmm. which is super, I, I find it really interesting hearing the both of you share that they kind of intermix. Um, because for me, and I think it might actually exacerbate my depression, I'm typically, when I am in a depressed state, still motivated and passionate about wanting to make good work. I don't, I don't do it. Like, you know, Anita, like you said, I don't make art from a depressed place, but I know that that drive and that desire is still in there. And like, all, oh, I want nothing more than to not be depressed so that I want to like create, because that's, that is what makes me happy and is what like brings me joy um and gets me into like a meditative state as well um so i find that they're two like pretty separate experiences um burnout though for me specifically i mean it it honestly it just becomes this thing that whatever it is that i'm supposed to be doing whatever task is at hand is the last thing that i want to do And it's not even that I go out of my way to avoid it or like I procrastinate it. I am straight up angry at it. Like I feel rage inside of me towards this thing that I love and um, I will say just as an example, the most obvious and most recent version of burnout that I experienced was at the end of my time at Instagram um, working at Facebook at a corporation. I had the most extreme burnout, you know, we spent nine months transitioning our entire systems and processes for the customer support aspect of my job into facebook and i for nine months had not done anything cool or fun or creative and it was just all policies and 3 a.m training calls with india and like i was exhausted and i felt like they weren't there was no balance there was nothing like fun and enjoyable i just i woke up every day and hated that i had to go in to that job um which sucks because i'm so passionate about instagram still and five years later and i'm so passionate about photography and so to be like bitter and angry and filled with like frustration at this thing that i found so much joy and passion and like you know creative career drive out of was like a really infuriating experience so yeah i think i honestly think my burnout looks like Anger? And I, and I think I put a lot of that on external forces, too, um, instead of maybe internally looking at, like, what is it about what I'm contributing to this thing, whether it's, like, my career or not, um, that is causing me to be burned out. So, you know, and I think right now in the transition of looking for a full-time job, I'm I have to keep reminding myself that it's not because I'm burnt out on photography, I'm just burnt out on, like, the process of trying to find the next paycheck
2: yeah 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 i spent um so burnout is an interesting conversation for me because i was introduced to the concept in activist spaces oh, wow. um so in my you know late teens early 20s is when i really started doing like student organizing and like national activism around all kinds of issues like immigration rights and climate change. And this was also um, when we we went that began the war in Afghanistan and Iraq. And so there was a lot of conversations around what it means to be burnt out as an activist, because, you know, like this isn't paid work. This is the work you do while you're a student or the work you do outside of your paid job. And so it's all volunteer. And the people who always said yes to everything are the ones who were on every meeting, who were organizing every event, who just kept doing the things that needed to get done. And when you're doing something like that, because you're trying to make the world a better place, like saying no feels horrible, right? It feels like you're failing in a lot of ways or that like you're not you're not like super activist that's like going to do all the things and um you know we would always talk about how you're no good to anyone if you're burnt out um you're no good to the cause that you're fighting for or you know like or for to social justice or anything and i think that's related to the work that we do and the creative work as well um but it's so hard to take that advice even though you yeah. know it right so um for me i basically worked for two years straight without a day off under extremely stressful conditions um and it was stupid <laughs> like it was just it was so debilitating and my health like just deteriorated and i got more and more depressed and like it wasn't it, it i felt like all of the external factors that were driving me to have to work non-stop um was public pressure in a lot of ways. And I didn't realize then that I could just be like, no, I get to control this. I get to have a say in in what is asked of me and what I put out there. Um, And I know that now, but I didn't at the time because I was still young and sort of new to all of this. And I think that the, um, Jamie, you were talking about like saying no to things, like learning about not taking on everything if you can and also scope right like for me my issue was scope that i i created this pro- it's a project about the representation of women in video games that received an enormous amount of backlash and so it needed to be perfect um and so all of these different elements were coming together to make it really hard to uh to ever take a, a moment off because you're 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 being attacked from every corner and you want to do a good job and you want to like, you know, whatever. And so, um, how do you, one of the things I was thinking about when we talk about like say no and learn how to do that is, but if you're trying to like come up in a creative field and you're trying to like establish yourself, the advice you get is actually say yes to everything. Totally. Mm. And then you're gonna burn the fuck out and you're not (laughs) gonna be useful to anybody or yourself, right? So like how do you balance all of that?
0: I just had a moment, um, it was supposed to happen this week where I was up for three jobs over literally this week and I said yes to all of them because I am not getting work right now and went into full panic attack mode. And so I took one of them and was like, okay, I'm gonna shelve this one. I'm gonna give it to a friend who I know also needs work. And then the other two were there. And literally I lost both of those. And the one that I like, you know, sent to my my bud, they're now on that trip and it happened. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I tried to say yes to everything. And then I ended up getting myself in a situation where I have no work right now. Oh my
2: yeah that's so frustrating cool
0: cool 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 burnout I'm telling you it's that burnout so I'm just like all right the say yes to everything gave me like extreme amounts of anxiety where I just was like what am I doing like that this is not good for me this is not healthy this is not I can't do this and I think I wanted to bring this up part of me thinks something that we all have in common is that we're perfectionists and if you say yes to too many things you can't do all of those things the way that you know that you're able to do it um and like executing it perfectly and anita you touched on that with your project where you had all of these people that you automatically knew were a critical eye um who were like vicious critiques really um for no good reason too and and that that like made you want to do everything exactly the right way um
2: yeah so one of my ways to reduce burnout was to accept that things are not going to be perfect and that was a hard <laughs> lesson for me to learn where i'm like but the edit the video isn't exactly what i want and the graphics aren't perfect and one of my one of my signs of burnout is when i stop giving a shit about so like it's this awkward balance where i'm like i need to not be a perfectionist to not get burnt out and frustrated but i also Um, realize that when I just kind of give up and I'm like, eh, whatever, which is the state I'm in right now. So some of the stuff that we're doing, I'm like, it's fine, whatever. I don't care. Um, Which I'm just like, I, of course I care. I'm just burnt out. So like that is contradictory. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, I realized with, uh, and you know, this sounds almost a little egotistical, but it's, it's not because of 10 years, 10 plus years of being a perfectionist, I, I was like, you know what? My my good enough is really good. So I'm just <laughs> yeah. gonna let that be okay. Like I just got to the point where I was like, you know what? I have this identity as a perfectionist. It's not an identity I gave myself. It's what other people gave me because they were like, you're driving me fucking crazy. You're such a perfectionist. And I was like, cool, cool. Yeah, okay. Um I'm like, does that mean I'm good at what I do? Mm, okay. Yeah, that's true. But I like have let myself off the hook with that because I'm like, the things that I do, they're like, I think they're good enough, quote unquote, but really they're really good. And I need to like trust that I don't need to make myself miserable in order to like do my quote unquote best work because that was also a story I was telling myself as well about being like a perfectionist and you have to be this like this this really like tortured type of creative and everything and i was like no i don't need to be like that um my most recent experience of burnout was my writing career like i had spent i think that i had been writing on the internet since the days of like Zanga and Live Journal. Hell yeah. Yeah. And by like 2009, I started to get some actual people that weren't just like my friends and family on MySpace um, reading my stuff. And I was just like visible online writing about my feelings for two, since 2009. And I, that was like 9, 10, 11, 30, 40, 15. Like, six, seven years of that. And then I got a job doing that for, uh, like I stopped doing design in order to write full time. And then I got a book agent, I've talked about this, but it's, I had all of these things in place. And yet I was so anxious all the time. I felt like I'm gonna fail, I'm gonna fail, I'm gonna fail. I don't even know what it looks like to fail, but somehow I'm gonna fail. And um, I got so burnt out on just like writing about how I felt, my feelings, that I had to take a step back because I was like, if I'm burnt out now, how will I feel two years down the line when my book's coming out if I do a book? I will feel ridiculously burnt out and I don't want to feel that way. Like it was an active choice to say I would rather have my mental health and be a joyful happy person than to have my name on a book in a bookstore somewhere like and I don't think people are gonna buy a book from someone who's like a crazy frazzled chaotic mess um and I was like this isn't worth it and that was a big thing too where I was just like because I think with burnout it almost gives you like a ground zero it's like well you're burnt out like you're You cannot do this anymore the way that you've been doing it. So now you have to intentionally choose what you're going to do next because you're you're at like a rock bottom with this, which is like kind of good in some ways. It gives you like a chance to reevaluate. Um, But it was I mean, still to this day, sometimes I think I'm like, I'm going to get back on a writing schedule and then I open up um, like a writing document and my heart starts to race because i remember how much i was how deep i went into like nothing else matters except writing and i was like that made my friends and family and my husband feel really good and like my other things <laughs> in my life that were important like
0: yeah you have like creative ptsd
1: i honestly think that i do and i don't take that lightly like i my i get like anxiety and stress when i start to think about like getting back into writing um i have to kind of like sneak up on it like i was on a train like, like about a month ago and i was like oh this sounds fun like get out the google doc and i kind of just like like eased into it a little bit and then i was like okay put it away go away don't worry <laughs> like it was i was just like don't scare it off um yeah it was it's weird it's very weird like i i start to get into that okay 9 a.m jamie get into the because that's what was my writing time and i wrote so much and now i'm just like it's not time it's not time yeah
0: i know for me I, i like how you said that um not perfect is actually really good because i find myself having to also remember that when it comes to my client photography um that if i go all out and i like invest my own money and I like build these crazy things and I hire I just do all of this over the top stuff for a brand that's almost always when the brand will come back to me and be like "Ooh, we don't like love this part like this part is not perfect could you like change it and I'm like you mean just shoot everything all over again that cost me hundreds of dollars um and then if I just like go into it being like just clear your head just create whatever comes to you like obviously there's some pre-approval but don't don't go like above and beyond nutso um that's always the ones where the clients are like this is perfect we love it and i'm like what really this you like this that's perfect okay right cool (laughs) i guess (laughs) so yeah and I, i like really struggle with that because it's like okay not to me but i guess i my it's like a combo of imposter syndrome and like and perfectionism really yeah like, um, you know how, how
2: we talk about like as a culture, it's like stress is bad for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like burnout is chronic stress, like yes. that's exactly what it is. And and stress is the state of thinking that you are under attack. Mm-hmm. And so I think about that with this stuff too, right? In terms of like the actual cost to our bodies. Yeah. Um. You know, one thing that was really uh, important for me to learn was that. When, so when you're stressed you you have increased cortisol levels, the hormone cortisol and one of the things that happens is that you uh, all of the inessential functions are, are gone like you don't they don't work anymore because your body's under stress. so it's the fight flight or freeze, right um, yeah. one of the first things to go is your memory and I've always suffered from having a bad memory and I had a really shitty ex who just made fun of me for it all the time and when I learned, that it was literally it was like a hormonal imbalance because of a constant state of stress. That I have wow. a bad memory. I was like, oh, it was so liberating for me to learn that science, um, to be wow. like, this isn't my fault, right? Like I'm not a bad person for it. But I've noticed now that like when I'm in a very heightened state of stress, um, the first thing to go is like I can't remember what I did five minutes ago, because that's just how my body reacts to it. Uh, and but so you know like it's the the burnout isn't just like, it, it has real consequences on us, right? So when we talk about these issues, I think it's important to recognize that like, this isn't just like us being, oh, we're tired, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it, it literally is destroying and ravaging our bodies by pushing too hard. And like, I, you know, it's so hard not to get caught up in the romanticism of overworking because as a society we're like in i know you both know this like where it's like oh i just i worked all weekend and i did this thing and i'm working and i just work 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 work. i haven't taken a day off in forever and there's something romantic about that um and it's been that's been a challenge for me over the last few years to be like no i took a weekend isn't that cool that's cool (laughs) like weekends are cool um and you're just better right like i feel more creative when i have time to not think about what i'm doing uh because it like ideas will just bubble up because there's so much more space for them
1: i take the weekend always so i used to always leave that open as like well i could always work on the weekend um and like of course for a while i was i was caught up in that like glamorization of i'm so busy and i always have so many emails and blah 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 like that kind of stuff um but i have since decided that like I need that weekend off. And because of that, I have developed a system where I have to get everything done between Monday and Friday. And that is a really interesting challenge when you don't give yourself the, the option of working on the weekend. I mean, sometimes I have to, something comes up, but it's rare. And I found that like, my whole system of doing work and living my life changed when i was like i will do anything to avoid stress i will i will change my whole life if it means i can avoid feeling most of the time that i am not stressed and anxious and it like fundamentally changed everything and This year um, and the last year were like the best in my business and financially because and I was like working very, very normal, like very normal hours. I never got burnt out. I just like decided that I was not going to be stressed and I was going to let things be easy. And sometimes it's not as easy as that. Of course, things come up, but that really changed a lot of it because You're right, Anita, like that stress is, first of all, it's not that it's just like kind, it's not that it's just doesn't feel good. It's actually so, so unhealthy to be that stressed out all the time. Like it puts, like what you were saying about how it puts your body into a state of shock. I mean, I was just like accepting for so long, all in my 20s, in my early 30s, I just accepted that I was going to be, have anxiety like 80% of the time. Like how I just accepted that as reality, as what it took to be ambitious, as what it took to like make good money and have my goals met and all of this. It was just like the price you pay is constant anxiety and stress. I was like, I don't accept that anymore. I need a new paradigm and I need a new way of doing my life and business.
0: Yeah, I had to go to therapy when I worked at um instagram actually in the early early days when they were like full startup to learn to manage work-life balance because i was having so many panic attacks and, and i just had no idea why like i didn't understand why i would like engage in a thing and have a panic attack i would get a text and i would have a panic attack um I mean i was working nights i was getting texts at three in the morning when servers were going down and i was working weekends there was no there was no like line or distinction you know especially once text i mean text messaging like really shifted a lot of that too so essentially i was always accessible and you know like i got it i worked at a startup i needed to always be available anything could happen anything could change and and as like the communication person between myself and the company and the community but it just was so unhealthy you know and i understand like there's got to be someone on call at all times especially in a startup scenario but it led to such an unhealthy relationship with for me with like constantly working and pushing myself and what it meant to be driven to be shown that work-life balance is not, it's non-existent. Um, and so I honestly had, I every Tuesday, I went to therapy in the morning and then got to work at noon. And I essentially had to sit down with a person and communicate about how to set up boundaries and how to delegate and how to make sure that like, I could continue being passionate about my job without it adversely affecting my health. Um, so because of that i now super value my work-life balance um you know if it's after unless i have a photo shoot set up or planned typically like dinner time and on i'm i'm done i'm like not editing photos i'm not at my computer responding to email um, i don't respond to email on the weekends i just i had to learn to set up those boundaries so early on in a startup scenario that i feel like it led me to be a lot healthier when it comes to like freelancing and running my own business but I still like trip up you know I'll still get like some urgent email on the weekend and it totally triggers that like fight or flight reaction in me and I I just kind of can't avoid feeling those feelings so I just feel them and then respond and then say hey if this can be handled on a Monday at least in private text to my agent that would be amazing (laughs) Like, if I don't have to be involved in this, let's do that, so.
1: Well, so I think it's interesting because you and I, for now, until, you know, your work changes, um, you're going – like, we're both working for ourselves. But, Anita, you don't really – I mean – can you explain and go into like what your day to day is like and what you really do? (laughs) It's a good question. Yeah.
2: I often am like, I have no idea what my job actually is. Um, so I run, I mean, I do work for myself sort of in that, um, I, I started feminist frequency as it really came out of my activism. And so I was in grad school and I just started filming videos in my apartment um, and so I was just doing that kind of on the side, and then when it became successful, in it, which wasn't the intention, but you know I had a really successful Kickstarter. Um, I turned it into a nonprofit because it, this work is not profitable work, so I didn't know what else to do. So now I run a nonprofit. I'm technically the executive director of Feminist Frequency, and my when people are like when i sit down and think about what i do every day like what happens is when you become an ed you don't do the creative work anymore um but you also still have to manage everything so i manage all of the staff i manage all of the projects i do all of the communication um with not all of the communication i like you know i just i feel like i'm in meetings just nonstop. is all i do is take meetings and it's both to like establish new relationships for us it's fundraising because i have a staff in an office and like you know we need money to subsist and we don't sell anything um and it's you know i do a lot of speaking engagements i do a lot of like going to events and meeting people um and then also I'm on camera. We run a podcast. We have a, a show called The Freak Show, um, where we do where we talk about feminism and pop culture. Um, and I so I I am technically the director on those. Although I have, you know, we're talking about perfectionism. I've learned to like let go of that for this and be like, we just don't have that much time or resources. And what we're doing is good, even though it's not like every micro detail that I want is there because we just can't anymore. Um, I also um, started, so I was like, I have no hobbies. I should have a hobby. That's That was part of my burnout, is that I'm like, I don't do anything but work, so why don't I find other things to do? Um, and like, I don't know, f- three years ago, I bought a ukulele, because I'm like, I'll learn how to play an instrument. No, no, I, don't, <laughs> I have no musical skill whatsoever. Um, but, uh, so I was, so for some reason I decided to start, uh, like an entirely second job as a hobby, which is building these immersive interactive fine dining experiences. (laughs) And uh, so I started doing that. We had our first one um, in Copenhagen and it was amazing, but it was literally a full-time job of pulling together this like huge four hour, like immersive high-tech experience. which is cool, and I feel like part of me being burnt out with some of the work I do with Feminist Frequency, because I've been doing it for a decade, Like this sort of re-energized me into being excited about a thing again, even though it's a lot of work. So it's kind of this toss-up for me of, like, I'm burnt out, but is it okay if you're burnt out when you're doing something you're excited about? Like, the answer is no, but maybe a little, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, like... It, I honestly, I don't know what I do all day long, but I do all the things all the time. Yeah, that, and, that sounded like a lot And of I'll also say, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. And I'm, you know, I travel at least once or twice a month, if not more. Um, and here's the other piece of this that I haven't talked about at all, is that I am the target of in, of online harassment. I have been for five years, six years, nonstop, every day, all the time. So 100% that is related to my burnout. I spent... Yeah. I spend way more time than I ever should having to deal with this on a regular basis. And I got really lucky that I have a team that can help me with this now. And it's not just me, which has actually legitimately helped my my burnout. But, you know, I spent like two hours. I wasted two hours, which is an enormous amount of time when you're busy as fuck uh, yesterday dealing with harassment. And some of it is. I was looking at Twitter, I was getting, I was being gaslit for something that I said, I was doubting myself because that's what gaslighting does. And I decided that I needed to do something about it, which is, you know, what can you do? You can't argue with derailers, you can't argue with harassers. So I wrote a a big Twitter thing about what gaslighting is, what it manifests, what it looks like as an educational tool. which wasn't something I had planned on doing that day, but I needed to do that to feel better, to feel like I was doing something and not just being helplessly attacked. Um, But I don't, I didn't want to do it. (laughs) Like I didn't want to waste those two hours doing that. So um, I feel like a lot of my time is spent dealing with and talking about online harassment, which is not what I wanted to do when I grew up.
0: Yeah, not the goal you're very very good at it and i'm sure it's extremely appreciated by other people who experience the same sort of um i I honestly want to call it viral hate and i hate that term as a concept but it kind of is um but i think that you do a really good job being extremely eloquent in explaining both the problem like the root the problem and like I, there. What is the solution? I don't know. Burn everything to the ground and turn off the internet. But <laughs> at least trying to come up with, you know, constructive criticisms of the systems that allow that to happen um, to people. Yeah. So,
2: and that's part of, you know, we're we're talking about social media fatigue as well. or you have both talked about that yes. a lot? And that's that's a part of this for sure. Of like, we have to do extra work on top yeah. of our work to be relevant. And like, so many of us. Not only are like doing that extra work on social, but being attacked for it at every fucking moment. Um yes. In addition to all of it, and it's like it's just not, it's not fair. Which is not a useful thing to say. <laughs> it doesn't mean but anything. It's but it's not.
0: Um, one thing that I wanted to hear, um, as we reach the end of this little session is, um, w- what are things that either of you do when you know that you're burning out? and you know that you're reaching the end of whatever phase of that thing that's maybe causing too much anxiety, um, what do you do? Like, what's the next step? What's the plan? How how do you either course correct or move on?
1: So I do a pretty intense like stock of what I'm doing and I look at everything that I have going on and I make sure everything, that I'm doing is essential and necessary, I start saying no a lot more. I start doubling up on things that make me feel good. And sometimes that means like, I have to watch some heartwarming shit on Netflix and like let my because my I also get a lot of burnout because my brain never fucking stops. And it's just like, I'm tired of myself. And I don't and I don't really drink that much. So like, and I don't, um, indulge in cannabis that much either. So like, I never get any sort of, like, I used to use alcohol as a way to like, let my brain chill. I didn't realize that at the time, but I have realized since not drinking as much that I'm like, I don't have this thing that I used to use as a coping mechanism to just like, kind of Um, disconnect from my life. And so I have to find ways of like disconnecting from my brain. Um, I mean, I'm doing healthy things like I work out and I mean, I watch things on Netflix and I go for walks and it's kind of boring to me. I get bored like because another thing is like I used to drink because I was bored too. And I mean, I still have drinks i'm not saying i'm like like sober or anything but like i don't want to use it as a crutch i don't want to use it as an escape i don't want to use it to be more interesting also i get horrific hangovers so that fucking blows um like i could look at a glass of wine and i get a hangover the next day um oh, one time Jesus. Hossem had a hangover and i got some sort of fucking sympathy hangover oh swear to god I was like, this is some serious bullshit. So yeah, I do a lot of like self-care type of stuff. And also just in general, like I I baby myself sometimes. Um, Like I, I go and take a book to the park and like give myself permission to just not need to fill every moment with product, like productivity. Because I know that if I give myself that, I come back refreshed. It's not like... All of a sudden a month will go by and i haven't done anything it's usually like i need an afternoon for fuck's sakes and so it's like i it, not to i say that to myself because i'm like jamie relax like you can you can take some time so all of that kind of works and, and in general i just do a lot of preventative work to not get to the burnout point just because i've experienced that burnout point so many times that i know what I need to do to prevent it. Like, I know when I'm getting close to the edge and I'm like, okay, take a step back. It's all right. Um, so that really, that helps a lot.
2: Uh, it's funny. I'm like, I'm actually in the midst of a burnout at the moment. And I'm like, oh, I need to say, I was like, I'm not doing anything to help. This. <laughs> like, <I> was like, <laughs> I was like, oh shit, I probably need to, I like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fake my way through this answer, but I'm like, I need to start. I need to take the advice that I'm about to say, right? Um, yeah. But what? Yeah. So real talk. Yeah. Love yeah. That. Yeah. Let's. You know, it's super easy to give advice. Um, the one of the things that I did. It, so I spent two years nonstop working. Um, literally every day and and between the harassment and the project and all of that like at some point I was like uh-uh, I can't do this anymore like this is untenable and that's when I learned self-care techniques that were useful for me and those are the things that I am pretty consistent about which is why even when I'm burnt out it's never as extreme as it was so like I exercise and like I I say that, you know, Jamie just said that she exercises well. Like if you had told me five years ago that I would like wake up and go to the gym every day, I would laugh at you because I was the kid that just like sat in my basement all the time. Like I, you're like, go outside. Why would you go outside? Um, not only do I exercise, like it's it's such an important part of my mental health and stability that I will make the time. Like even when I'm really busy, I will tell my staff like this hour I'm going to the gym because I need I need my body to feel that way in order to like be uh, more more emotionally and mentally stable and be useful to everybody. Um, So that and like going outside and being in nature. And one thing this year that I've really sunk in and I think it has to do a lot with like the current state of politics and the, you know, just the heightened level of outrage that we're all in, um, which is also its own form of fatigue and burnout on top of everything else, is that like I'm finding connections with other humans in ways that i had never had before not sorry not never had but i'm valuing them more i'm much more open to making connections with people at conferences and events when i'm traveling i will make it a point to see my friends and be like it's okay that i'm going out and not sitting in my hotel room and working um and having these these really special moments with people and having like a good time over a good meal or whatever it might be has helped me a lot in situating like it's okay to do that and not only is it okay to do that that human connection is why we exist right like that is why we live and why it's worth doing this work and why how we will continue being able to do our work
0: definitely I I think I have really similar approach in terms of my burnout like my biggest thing is my peers and my community and I try to not make it like a misery loves company scenario, but being surrounded by people who are also in a similar place as me, or we can just look at each other and like share our anxieties and share our fears and then like breathe a big sigh of relief, being like, Oh, thank God I'm not the only one feels really, really, really yeah, good. And um i think my other way of at least when it comes to my photography um pulling myself out of that burnout um space is i honestly get really high and i look through all of my art books and it's like the nicest most enjoyable i will sit in the middle of my office on my nice multicolor rug and i will just open like five of them and i'll be like okay James Terrell, help me out here like what's going on I need to see all of these artists who I admire and what they're doing and get inspired and then like not create a big project not like come up with this huge conceptual thing that I then need to execute based on it I just internalize it and I go out into the world with like a different perspective and feeling a little more balanced mm. and centered in like my passion I
2: love that I do too. That yeah, is so I want to do that can, with you guys right now. I know. I'm like, can we, can I,
1: can I just come over and yeah. do
0: that? <laughs> I mean, you're, you are spoiler. Yeah, you are already here. You can just, you can just do that. So
1: Anita was trying to save my feelings. I know. I, I really was. Sorry, Jamie. Um, that's okay.
2: I can, I add one more thing really quick that I just thought of that of may be useful to folks. Cause it's something that's newly in my brain is I've always thought of myself as an extrovert because I'm, I am good in social situations. I can be in, I can walk into a room and be fine, um, but it doesn't yep. mean that I'm an extrovert just because I can do it. Uh, and that I only realized this over the last couple of years that like I need alone time to recharge, and I need to like yes. leave a party when I'm done. And I spend weight you know, and I say party. Uh, I'm not like, I don't go out partying, really. I am at a professional events where you need to go out and network and hang out and maybe your friends who you haven't seen in a while are around. But at some point you're like, I don't want to be here anymore. Why am I still here? And I used to push through and stay all night. And now I've learned to be like, no, I need, a, I need recharging time, you know? Um, yesterday before I came to hang out with Jess, I was like, I know I have more work to do, but I need to just watch a show. I need to just lay here and do this thing for me right now um, because I I need to check out of my brain a little bit. Um, And so understanding when you need to recharge and versus when you're energized by other people is something that I think is a hard balance, but helps a lot with burnout for me.
0: Yeah. If you haven't heard of the spoon theory, this is like, I very strongly relate to that as someone who loves being around people and being social, um, but also has to say no when I'm like, oh, I'm looking at my schedule. And if I do that, I will die. Like, I will not physically be able to go on because it will overwhelm me. Um, The spoon theory is basically like, people have only so much energy um, and you can kind of merit that energy by how much you could fit into a spoon and people need to like go home and recharge their spoons. So like you're, yeah, it's like your, each activity requires so many spoons and they'll only be replaced as the person recharges through rest. A person who runs out of spoons has no choice but to rest until their spoons are replenished. And I, a lot of my friends use this term where, you know, someone will ask us to do something um, or we'll ask each other and it will be like, no, I'm all out of spoon. I love it. I need to adopt that in my spoon theory it's a really good metaphor and i think when people get it um it's typically uh related to people with disabilities autoimmune disease um chronic illnesses that's that's usually that's where the origin of it comes from but i do think that it's super useful for people who do experience mental illness or um, anxiety you know i think those things are all you got to recharge. You have to like take that time for yourself and also know when you're giving too much of yourself away. Hey. Um, and I think a lot of that knowledge and ability comes with self-reflection, which is a really hard thing to learn to do as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, that was a great talk.
1: That was. Netflix says self-care is really i'm a a media critic i'm like that's
2: i can't that's not my in my wheelhouse but yeah i i'm I'm, i super support that i super support that for other folks
0: yeah yeah um thank you so much anita for coming on and talking with us and sharing your feelings on burnout and i i hope that you are able to you know find a little relief
2: i love your podcast and i'm so excited to be on it yay
1: yay thanks anita
0: Um, If you want to listen to more episodes, join in on a conversation, follow our really adorable um, Instagram that Jamie makes perfect, wonderful graphics for. You can find all of that at feelingfeelings.co. Um, feel free to rate us on iTunes. There are so many good reviews and ratings. Like I read through them the other day and honestly almost cried Mm -hmm. just because this is like another space where we're building a community and it makes me so happy. Um, And the Facebook group also is starting to take off a little bit, which is incredible. And we love hearing your thoughts um, and your feelings. Uh, If you want to find stuff about Anita, feministfrequency.com is the website. Um, and she's at Anita Sarkeesian on Twitter. We'll link to it in the description of this podcast. Um, Anita, are there any events that you want to promote coming up that you have? No.
2: <laughs> cool. just, just follow no me on problem. Twitter and you'll, I'll, uh, things will come up. My book comes out October 2nd. There'll be a book tour if you're interested, uh, and it's we're, we're trying to tell the stories of women who have been written out of history. So, you know, check that out. It's also available for pre-order right now if you're interested. Yes,
0: buy it. Congrats. Buy it for all of uh, every child that you know. I feel like that's important. Let's let's get these youths. I mean, they're on it. They're already on top of it. But just yeah, do it it's anyway.
2: Got awesome yeah. graphics. So there you go.
0: <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank you for listening. Um, please, everyone, pray that Jamie and I don't burn out from doing this podcast. Uh, <laughs> we won't. We won't. It's too. It's too much fun catching yeah. up. And uh,
1: yeah, that's it. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.